Hey, you're listening to Bloody Hell, the podcast that gives platform to uterus owners to discuss their joy, struggles, and secrets for not only surviving their cycle, but embracing it. Looking and uncovering the links with mental health, body positivity, and the global menstrual equality movement. With me, your host, Rose. Every cell in me protests. Hi, how are you? I had so much coffee. I'm so excited. (laughs) 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 While um, talking this, I was telling Seb that I was doing this while like drinking cold brew and standing on one foot and glaring at him like a gargoyle. (laughs) He's like, do you need that? (laughs) I'm super excited to welcome Louisa. (laughs) 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 Possibly one of the most amazing humans I've ever had the privilege to know. Not only for the fact that she will happily or unhappily perhaps join me in a field setting pieces of paper on fire and howling at the French moon, but also because of her inspiring voice surrounding pro-sex, being a spiritual warrior, a loving upsetter, not to mention her professional celebrator capacity as a DJ, singer, songwriter and co-founder of Label Ra and is professionally known and often referred to as Queen of French Techno. Give it up, Louisa. So, Lou, I'm so fucking stoked you're here, and um, I want to thank you for agreeing to be to be my first guest. Anything for you, my love. Oh my god, you're an angel. You're an absolute angel. I feel like it's some of the chats that we've had on the phone about our cycles that, if they were sent to kill us or to free us, that has been a huge inspiration for me to launch this project. So, thank you from the bottom of my heart for. We're doing this and when this fucking confinement's over let's roll down the hill with our dogs and yes hell. yes perfect. everything yes right. <laughs> okay perfect i also have to we owe louisa like a massive thanks for the intro um she's donated her track here is hoping uh to the intro for this podcast and it's now available like the lyrics for your songs are kind of like mini stories so I was just wondering if you firstly could just talk a little bit about the story behind here is hoping excuse me um yeah that that track was actually kind of conceived um after some kind of spiritual awakening around my kind of relationship with my body um, because I've had kind of a traumatic relationship with my body. I have a history of kind of disordered eating and drug addiction and general self-loathing in that area. And I had a real epiphany um, surrounding this idea that um, that if I was like spiritually well, that then I would be physically restored, right? And so that if I considered myself to be spiritually well, which at the time I did, um, that that 
that meant that the only person who had a problem with my body was me. That like hmm. my higher power wanted my body exactly as it is, and and I was the only one kind of in conflict with that. And so I had this really like incredible spiritual awakening. Especially because I was kind of in the midst, and I, you know, I still really struggle with this of like kind of exercise bulimia, like where just my kind of modern self harm, though it took me a really long time to see it that way, was really just kind of involved in overtraining. And even mm. though I'd be sick or uh, sick or exhausted or injured, I couldn't not kind of go like work the shit out of myself at the gym. And um, in this kind of moment of exhaustion. I had a moment of clarity where it was like, is it possible that you're like, God thinks your body's perfect, basically. That like, <laughs> God, who are you to say that your body's anything but perfect? Because you've been restored to sanity in all these other areas, you know, in terms of relationship or in terms of addiction or in terms of, you know, like a real soul sickness and self-loathing and like wh this air, like who are you to ha find fault with yourself? You know, <laughs> like you, you've been restored, like st stop complaining. <laughs> it's perfect, <laughs> you know? Um, and I felt that way for like 24 hours and it was incredible. It was like a really, it felt really precarious because it was the first time in my life that I'd been like, oh wait, maybe I, maybe it is perfect. Like maybe there's nothing to change. And maybe that like, if I change my perspective, like it's possible to actually love the skin I'm in. And then because it was such a radical difference from the way I had been living, it was quite fragile, that mentality, and it kind of, it disappeared. It, like, got kind of shut out. Like, a, it like got, like, turned off like a light switch, like, I c and I couldn't find it back, and it was really, really, really heartbreaking. That was a really challenging moment. Hmm. Um, and it came back. Like, I think I've since been he healing as a process in that area. But that song was kind of written in the moment that, like, the light was on and then the light was off, you know. And I felt, like, I felt restored to sanity for, like, literally 24 hours, 20 hours even. <laughs> and then <laughs> it kind of, like, went dark again. And it was really painful. But it was also, like, the idea that that was possible to feel that way was really um, important to me. Oh, my God. That's, I'm just, I'm, like, sat here. This should be like a Zoom call as well because uh. I'm fucking like welling <laughs> up. I didn't, I felt like the intensity and I think anybody listening to that song will feel that within it. But like without sort of knowing that, I just think it's so beautiful to hear what you've experienced and how you made a piece of art around that essentially and are able to funnel that in a way that's, so profound and so deeply deeply moving and you can just really really feel it and hear it <laughs> within that I don't know it like knocks me sideways that track I love that really beautiful that process do you mind talking about that a bit? no I mean not at all I'm a <laughs> I'm a sucker for this shit you know I like listening to podcasts where that kind of thing is discussed and it's a privilege to be talking to you about it um I guess like it's both. It's like combination of kind of experience plus discipline, hmm. because for especially more recently, like I finished writing my first album, which hopefully will be out this year. <laughs> but I finished writing it like two years ago, <laughs> and after that point, I ha I felt really stuck. Like I was not sure if I could have another song come through me like ever again. You know, mm -hmm. it just felt like I was kind of tapped out for a long time, and 
So I did with you, actually, the artist's way, <laughs> and got um, kind of involved in like the morning pages, which I'm still doing, and it's been like a year now. And that's been really helpful for just like being kind of an available channel at least once a day for um, for when the words need to come through. Um, but in terms of like using um, suffering and kind of turning it into work, I think it's it's it can be j difficult not to kind of perpetuate this myth of like this the suffering artist, you know, mm. by um, like staying in a place that keeps me feeling really raw all the time. Um, and I think that that, for me, at least kind of perpetuated unhealthy behaviors or unhealthy patterns because I felt like the only way I could be creative was if I was kind of in some kind of suffering. Like, I would say pain, but, like, it, it was more of angst <laughs> than that, mm -hmm. you know? So either in, like, kind of unfulfilling relationships or kind of feeling emotionally, like, I don't know, starved in some way. So this idea of... I can have those experiences and I can kind of like put, I have a, a past of those experiences and I can put them to work in my art, but I don't necessarily have to like live there all the time has been a really freeing epiphany and it's allowed me to have like sane, healthy relationships and like it's, it's actually the kind of the boring stuff. It's the discipline that helps me be available as a channel for that stuff when it needs to come up and kind of process and be healed in the work. But if I'm not taking the time and space to sit down and, like just slog through the like 90% of the the bullshit that comes out um for in order for the gold to kind of like work its way to the surface then like I'll never it'll never come out you know or I'll have to stay in a kind of cyclical um like pattern of like being broken you know which I'm not really mm. interested in at this point um yeah. so th it's like it's actually much more mundane, I think. Um, but it's the it's the mundane and kind of boring and like daily practice stuff that kind of allows the the trauma or the hurt or the suffering from the past to be of use. Unfortunately, while while I'm kind of active in my destructive obsession, whatever that looks like, it's very difficult to make stuff because I'm just like busy, kind of like ruining shit you know especially if it was something as kind of blatant as drug addiction like I could I was like writing somewhat prolifically at that time and like when I got sober um I I had to like I, I was empty for a while like I couldn't figure out how to like use uh to to work without using um but I think part of the kind of process of um coming to believe that it power greater than myself would restore me to sanity had to do with believing that like I could I could if I was patient and if I like really allowed my recovery to be at the center of my life that like I would be taken care of creatively um which was scary you know because like it sucks when you feel like you this is who you are as a person right you're an artist and you're suddenly right. like not able to make art you're suddenly like a dry well um, but yeah, it just took a, a little while because also kind of part of my understanding of this deal is that like, if I'm not creating, I'm kind of destroying, like it's almost mm -hmm. the same energy. It's just like, it's, if I can kind of steer the ship one way or another, or 
it's either my ego steering or if it's God steering. And if it's God steering, it's generally like kind of like powerful creation. That, and then that doesn't mean it's about like, you know, angels <laughs> and like, like mountaintops and unicorns. But um, it, it, it means that I can like, that, that there's some, there's like something working through me. And if I'm in, if I, my ego is in control, it's kind of like, I, I want what I want when I want it. And like, it's generally a, you know, it's a ruinous energy. <laughs> so I'm mm -hmm. not sure if that kind of answers the question, but I think that like, yeah, part of the journey is definitely like bottoming out for me at least. I'm not sure if that's necessary for everybody. That's been my experience. Um, in order to kind of be filled by something other than my own bullshit. Mm. <laughs> and then also like within that, like mini surrenders, you know, like mini kind of bottoming out on whatever old ideas I have about like how to live and what I need, what I think I need. And right now having a kind of, especially in confinement, having a new experience that like maybe my discomfort's not bad, you know, like maybe it's just discomfort. Like it's okay yeah. <laughs> that it doesn't mean yeah. that something's going wrong, you know. You know, I think you know my experience has also been I'm also sober, and the hitting some kind of bottom, regardless of what that looks like to the outside world, because that and and a series of mini bottoms actually mini bottoms. Um, <laughs> this podcast could also be called mini bottoms, baby bottom, um, <laughs> mini bottom. Um, that I was able. I mean, we talk about in in the particular way that we found recovery that the bottom can be raised to hit you and um you know I had to make that work for me because it might not have looked like it looked for everybody else and also culturally I think we have so much around that as well like we can't just say one size fits all with that and um yeah I don't know I'm getting off on a tangent with that anyway back to confinement hooray hooray or some people are calling it shelter at home or lockdown today is weird I I uh Last night, our dog kept my partner and I up, um, and he had insomnia, which is, like, the first time that's happened in the last almost four weeks since quarantine started. So, normally, the day has been quite structured, and today it was a little bit all over the place, but I really like structure, so I'll talk about that instead. <laughs> um, <Okay>. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, normally, like, now they've just changed the rules in France, so we can't do physical activity outside between the hours of 10 a.m. and 7 p.m., so I've been waking up at, like, 7.30 and doing a quick, like, three-mile run before breakfast with the dog and then having breakfast and doing morning pages and um, then... You're still doing morning I pages. I love morning pages. <laughs> morning okay. pages. I just I'm like the woman that fucking, like, what's her name? Julia... Cameron. Cameron is like, they do it for 10 decades. It's amazing. They say it's the most important part of their lives. I'm like, yes, <laughs> that is me. I love Morning Pages. I've written like four songs in confinement as a result of Morning Pages. It's the best. Yay. Um, yay. But I hate artist dates. <laughs> so I'm not doing those. Um, uh, so yeah, wait, wake up, go running, eat breakfast morning pages then I brought then I've taken social media off my phone so then I allow myself like an hour hour and a half with the iPad just like <laughs> which is where the social media is now um like just <laughs> lurking and then Seb 
and I do yoga. We do 45 minutes oh. of Pipe Master Yoga on YouTube, and the dog harasses us for the duration. <laughs> and that. then and then I do some kind of strength training. Um, and then, so today was bicep tricep day, and I'd like dance around and listen to music and lift weights. <laughs> and then we eat right. lunch. And then kind of either administrative slash creative projects uh, are in the afternoon, and then like... Um, usually t- I talk to people about recovery or go to a meeting or go to therapy in the kind of late afternoon, early evening. And then we have dinner and watch TV and go to bed. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's very I like, I mean, I'm having a really good time. <laughs> I, love mi- that. I miss I being love outside, that. but I, I think that the, I love a, a good rhythm, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's like for me, I feel like I have a better rhythm in confinement confinement lockdown shower at home whatever you're calling it than I do in real in real life I yeah, feel like real life has real meetings life. and like going places and I've decided I, I don't like those things <laughs> yeah. I don't like seeing people <laughs> I, yeah. and I'm like oh wait this meeting this what is it this meeting could have been an email is really now like <laughs> if we're living it do you think your um cycle knows that you're in confinement interesting question I think it's yeah it's actually been very gentle like I'm kind of I think it's like the mm, fourth or fifth day of my period today mm-hmm. um so I'm still bleeding a little bit and it's been like kind of PMS was not really gnarly but a little edgy this this month sometimes I'm like really nuts and a mess and like cry at everything and then just feel enraged <laughs> um for like two whole weeks leading up to bleeding and this time it was just a little bit like it feels like body tinnitus you know when you feel like there's like a high hum coming from somewhere in your own body it's (laughs) that's me um and it's just vaguely annoying (laughs) maybe yeah maybe it could be my cold brew intake (laughs) um (laughs) it could be the sound my eyes make (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now that I can see sound <laughs> I'm sorry listeners um, <laughs> but, anyone who subscribed as unsubscribed yeah, now, like oh god stop I, making I those noises <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry for killing it on Ed Go um, but yeah I feel like this this has been a little bit more gentle um, this time kind of emotionally and um you know, I, it's hard to say because it's like, it's such a weird, stressful situation. And I kind of find myself emotionally like, I don't know if this is hormonal or not. I mean, given the fact that I'm a woman, <laughs> probably, <laughs> but, um, or it's, I guess it's holistic. But this idea that there's like a kind of ping pong back, bet- back and forth between like low grade freak out, meltdown, enraged at like, government systems failing us just because they're too selfish to kind of like switch their game up you know and like take care of their people sorry for (laughs) controversial views but I'm not sure (laughs) like um I I can't like I have a hard time reading in any other way and also like incredible gratitude and kind of grace of like being present in the moment having time at home to rest really enjoying being with my partner in my house like I was supposed to be on a a U.S. tour um until like March 18th and that was cut short and I came home so I could 
like shelter in place in France as opposed to being like trapped in the US. Um, and that was really stressful, like the level of kind of fear and like, I don't like plans changing. <laughs> it really freaks me out. I have a hard time with it. So there was kind of a lot happening all at once. And I think that's kind of a global thing. But so it's a, like it's a oscillation rapidly often, like every 15 minutes between like stress at the state of the world and a feeling of really like powerlessness and frustration and then like gratitude and stillness and um like feeling really unbelievably fortunate and privileged to be able to work from home even though I'm not making any money like to be able to create to be able to be with my partner to be able to be healthy for the people I love to be healthy like I know that's not the case for most people so I feel like it's my belief at least that even though sometimes it feels out of control that like PMS or kind of hormonal symptoms of um, having a uterus are like they're magnifiers. Like my, I'm not crazy. It's just like the volume is on 10 <laughs> and sometimes kind of feeds back a little bit. Like, so sometimes my feelings might be out of control or overwhelming, but they're not untrue, you know? Yeah. And yeah. And do you think having that kind of awareness around our cycle helps us change attitudes, essentially? Yeah. I mean, I have to be careful because I also can get super self-righteous about it. <laughs> you know, especially if I'm like really like believing my I'm on one and I'm like believing it, <laughs> like believing my narrative around what's happening. Um, but there's a difference, I think, between kind of like going into that like full throttle um, and like getting like kind of spinning out on my own head in that space especially like PMS um and kind of holding my capacity for like emotion and like I get I feel like I get quite ferocious <laughs> in that space and being like oh like to kind of honoring that part of myself you know um but it can be hard just because you know sometimes it's like it's very inconvenient, obviously. <laughs> Do you use any particular apps to track your cycle? Yeah, I use uh, Clue, and but I'm so sometimes bad at that. Like, I love how they have, like, symptom trackers and stuff, but I'm kind of, like, I'm not very good at being up to date with it, apparently. And now, weirdly, my Garmin, like, my sports tracking, heart rate, like, step counting watch also is now tracking my period <laughs> so basically the government knows when I'm bleeding <laughs> but it's been cool because it like I get to see kind of my training stats right like alongside my period information um and it's very evident and does it change the way you train would you uh, say no, sorry not at all it doesn't change the way I train it changes the way I view my workouts so because I know like I don't I try not to beat up on myself for being like, you're weak. <laughs> you're weak. That wasn't hard. You you could have lived twice to that, that last week. Like it's, it's like to helps me be self-aware about like, Oh, like I can be compassionate. You know, I don't have to be like power driving my body all the time. Cause like the perceived exertion while like in the week before my cycle starts is so much bigger than it would be normally. And it's like, Oh, mm it helps me kind of be aware that that's a thing that I get to pay attention to as opposed to just being like, why are you so weak? <laughs> you know, but, th but this is all an old dialogue that I'm yeah. working on kind of unlearning. So <sighs> it takes time. 
remember going to this like yoga class and um, going up to the woman before the class and say, so I won't be doing any inversions today because I'm bleeding. And she was like, that's a myth. It's not real. You can invert. There's no. And I was like, really? And that really stuck with me because I, I wonder how much we've been told like that's based in sort of old, outdated religious systems. Like I was just looking up these fun facts. <laughs> Fun facts about periods. One being, <laughs> they're all just based in old school religion, basically. Like, like you will haunt someone or poison their, or their penis might rot off if you're having sex with them when you're in your period. So, like, I wonder how much of it was just about controlling women at one point, you know? Like, within this time, you must stay inside because this is the men's time to do their And mention. also, they don't want to be and bothered like, by your crazy-ass bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, it was like you're going to be more intense at this time, so you can just stay the fuck. Yeah, home. I mean, I believe I don't know. I feel like most kind of religious right and like any kind of religious political governance of women's bodies is based on men's fear. <laughs> so, but at the same time, like speaking about inversions, like I was doing handstands and headstands on. Sunday and like while I was deep in PMS and feeling the you know body tonight is very loud and then I started bleeding so who knows it could be it could be related or could not it could have just been like oh good timing but um yeah I I don't know I think I was listening to I I don't know I want to avoid kind of like repeating facts I heard once and then pretending I'm an expert (laughs) But just that, like, you know, it's much, much, much more difficult for women to kind of, like, um, go on any, like, men can go on a training and food plan and kind of be sorted, you know, if they follow the plan, it works out. Women, because we have so many variables in our hormonal lives, like, on a literally, like, day-to-day basis, it's not just PMS, it's not just your cycle, it's, like, the whole thing that's, like, you know, a beautiful attachment to the natural world. And I often think sometimes dudes get to miss out on, you know, like I'm connected to the moon. Oh. Anyway, that um, <laughs> that <laughs> that it's really difficult to kind of um, like navigate women's health generally because we're changing constantly. And for everybody, it's different how the change affects them. So it's just like we're, you know, we're very complex creatures, basically. <laughs> I don't know about you, but just like after my period, I have this influx of energy, which is days I'm starting to realize like are really good days to get some shit done, some get get some like take some action that I've been scared to take the rest of the month. And through tracking my period, I've brought an awareness to that and think like, what if we capitalized on that as women? as a jumping off point rather than being like I just gotta feel good all the time mm. <laughs> and we were like these are the days where I'm highly productive and what does that that might be different for other people but I certainly noticed it pre-ovulation I'm feeling very a fucking alive <laughs> and well and like my definition of well which looks like being able to do a thousand things in one day well that's yeah and I mean I I feel like I definitely I've been trying to notice and like respect the slowdown a little bit more um, because my kind of like go to is like be a machine. (laughs) So it's like I take into account the fact that like it might be a good time to like slow the roll and like um, 
like cultivate a little bit more like nesting time or whatever but it's it's definitely been important like I'm noticing it more because my body's making me notice it more you know it's like it's getting louder and I don't know if that's because it's like it is louder or if I just have more time and more sensitivity I just had an experience recently and I feel like I'm really late to the game on this where I started using those think pants do you know about them oh yeah I, I know about them I've never them. used them before I love and they're really well made like they're really like little boy shorts like really nice and the, but there's something kind of, I felt like there would be something really creepy about just like hanging out in my period and? pants I've done it before but like not intentionally <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> but now I was like doing it intentionally and I feel like it was a fucking game changer like I will not go back to pants and I quit I quit tampons a long time ago because they really made my cramps really fucked but um uh from what I've heard about like period pants the things specifically is that like mm -hmm. they are like kind of shame reducers that it's like guess what I don't like me hiding my cycle from the world is no it's like it's not f I'm not doing that for you anymore like I'm having the experience right. it's a natural experience why am I feeling shame about that right <laughs> um and that's rad like I'm not quite there just because I think I mean not in terms of shame necessarily but like I haven't tried that. That's not how I'm living. But I am using um, like Diva Cups. And mm. that's been a positive experience. Um, just it feels a lot more kind of eco-friendly than tampons. Right. And for touring, especially like I don't have to buy tampons, which is really good. I have like a touring cup yeah. and a home cup. <laughs> and they're oh. like obviously washable and uh super convenient and i feel like not so offensive um like in in my body and yeah it's 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 good to have options you know because i think for mm -hmm. a long time it was like just mostly inconvenient now it's like it doesn't have to be such a nightmare <laughs> yeah and you find that the cup is like there's not much spillage and things like that because i know there's been like people are like i'm spilling it just like god forbid <laughs> i mean <laughs> <laughs> like i like spilling blood everywhere <laughs> this is my warrior queen self um <laughs> no i mean i think that like once you can like anything like once you know how to use it it's much um much more chill and yeah like i i'm also on the pill so like i'm not bleeding that much so it's not like it's not so it's such a big deal I have to empty it like once mm. or twice a day and otherwise it's just like a <laughs> happy silicone cup just sitting there catching blood. Fuck yes. <laughs> um, but apparently in the olden days, women used to think that it like improved the texture of their like sagging breasts. So they would smear their chest with blood. Really? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I call that war paint. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also call that just like fucking making art, but apparently <laughs> that stops sagging breasts. Really? Okay. More will be revealed. I'll try <laughs> yeah, it. Totally. Give us notes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there'll be notes on that. Um, have you read any books lately that you feel have kind of profoundly changed your thinking around your cycle and your hormones and just fucking your experience? as a human in general um not so much about like cycle and hormones but definitely in terms of kind of like sexuality and feminism 
I recently read Shameless by Nadia Boltzweber that I've told like everybody in my life to read. Um, just because it's kind of like uh, she's a Lutheran sober woman who's a, a minister and she's talking about kind of like how the church is fucked up talking about sex and sexuality and especially like has kind of put the blame on women, you know, in a really fucked up traumatic way. That's like, if you tempt men, that's your problem. Like that, that like that you're the sinner, you know, which is fucked up and absurd. And I feel really passionately about this being like a narrative that says that like is about kind of the experience of shame being one that's connected to a higher power is really i think a very very dangerous one um because in my experience like i need that i need that higher power to be my ally to remove shame from me like that's and that's kind of the one of the biggest traits of what i call god is like it takes away my shame and really loves me for who and what i am and so to kind of have from within like somebody who actually knows about the church because i totally don't <laughs> kind of concrete evidence in scripture and in terms of like a modern anecdote what's your period get up for example like for me for example on day one and two everything has to have like a flexible waistband <laughs> do you do you have any particular things that you're like these are my period clothes um i kind of wear like <laughs> I don't, it's a it's a tough one because I like don't really change my gear for my cycle. Although I do have these like white workout pants that I will avoid <laughs> if I know I'm bleeding. Right. Um, but generally, yeah, it's like I think for me, especially if I have to perform when I have my period, I know that I'm a little bit more body conscious when I feel bloated and kind of like <laughs> so I'll try and dress in a way that's like flattering but doesn't necessarily kind of show off my like hips or my waist which I'm kind of self-conscious about anyway um just because I know that I get more self-conscious around that during um my cycle and um and yeah actually I kind of like feeling like compressed all the time mm. <laughs> so Talk that's not that. <laughs> that's not like to say that I need to be in like a fucking full corset at all times but I feel like I'll actually kind of go for more like structured clothes that might ho like hold me in a little bit especially around like the lower abdomen um just to kind of feel like like snug if that makes sense just to kind of feel like like kind of sucked in <laughs> like I love some shapewear <laughs> you talk about being snug and being pulled in and being sort of held in your lower abdomen. Can you talk a bit about like where that came from and your revelation around that um, in terms of sort of channeling your anxiety into your sexual relationship and with your body and things like that? And how that's oh, evolved? for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I kind of like, and it's, it's not really stressful to talk about this stuff for me, at least just cause it's like, it's kind of on brand. <laughs> um, but yeah, p part of my kind of recent, in the last like four years, um, awakening, like both kind of sexual and spiritual has had to do with my own embracing and really cultivating my own kink. Um, and for me, that looks like I kind of identify as a feminist submissive, you know, because I think there's a lot of negative connotations around submission being kind of deferential to a dom or a top and 
especially if that dommer top mm. is like a white cis male <laughs> that's like a little bit old kind of gender role bullshit and i like the fact that i can kind of be who i am and also be seen in a way that i feel like i don't often get to be seen and to kind of like explore a part of myself that i don't often get to explore because like as we've kind of touched on it <laughs> have a lot of like control stuff going on in my life um, which is a bit taboo, right? It's a bit like, oh, of course, <laughs> of course, the person who's like hyper controlling, like loves being told what to do. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think there's some freedom. Yeah, in that, no, though. there's a lot of freedom. And especially for me, it's like this kind of having very explicit power exchange in that area of my life has taken out the anxiety of like being in previous relationships where like it was all vague where the, whoever had the power was the person who liked the other person less and didn't communicate about it you know so it was kind of like a, it felt like a constant standoff of like emotional unavailability <laughs> that was like my experience um and kind of led to this world belief where um if someone loved me I couldn't love them I would be kind of repulsed by it and if someone if I love someone they wouldn't love me they would reject me and so to kind mm -hmm. of put the power dynamic within a very specific area of my life um, with somebody with whom outside of that dynamic I had built trust and like had pre-negotiated communication about like desires and interests and um, limits in that area um, became, it felt like so different and so much more safe than kind of the vagueness of especially like being an American dating in France where like it's really different <laughs> for any number of reasons <laughs> like culturally romance is really really and sex is really different so it kind of allowed me to um design or co-create like a utopic experience um with my partner where we could like be f free and asking for what we needed and exploring desires where before it felt really scary to be honest about any of that like it was not even a thing that would like I wouldn't even <laughs> it would be very difficult for me to even conceive of like how to ask for what I wanted you know hmm. both relationally emotionally sexually like it was very difficult so it felt incredibly freeing to kind of like actually as a submissive you have all, have all the power because you can you are the person who can say when you know ideally but i know when i got sober like i took off those layers and i was left with my anxiety my depression and all of these things and that we can use these kinks and different things to our advantage and like as a sober woman it's you know i think it, you hugely looked up to in our community because you've had quite a transformation around that and you talk openly about it and i think it's a super brave and b kind of revolutionary in a way of like let's admit we have this shit and find fucking ways to deal with it instead of like it constantly being like oh no me just normal old yeah me. like or no like oh but i'm <laughs> a pious <laughs> angel oh but no i'm a puritan <laughs> like i mean i think it's it can be very confusing and yeah. we can really oscillate between kind of feast and famine when it turns when when it comes to sex and sobriety is this our new podcast rose <laughs> i think it's our new uh -oh. podcast. <laughs> like, i don't want to talk about parents anymore i just want to talk about sex <laughs> yeah basically i mean like i feel like it's all part of the same conversation though to be fair well yeah i feel like it's about like losing shame 
you know, in terms of like, um, both like physiology and like a natural, <laughs> a literal natural cycle, which by the way, boo, dislike this method of birth control. <laughs> Let me put that out there. Um, but also like losing shame about what, like how we put that to work and how we live with that on a daily basis, you know? Cause it's like, I, don't, I appreciate you saying like, I'm like looked up into the, looked up to in our community just cause I've had such, like, I feel like so healed in this way beyond what I thought was possible. And I want to be, I thought it would look very different. You know, I thought that that meant my desire would be kind of tamed in some way, but actually it was like realizing that like my body, God what I call God is like fucking down, you know, <laughs> like has no, yeah. d like the shame is cultural. Yeah. The shame is yours. I'm not carrying it anymore. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I love that. You know, I a hundred percent love that because like what, I don't know what it is that, you know, suddenly we get sober and you see people suddenly be like, no, I'm a vegan. And I <laughs> You know, and all of these, which is great. And I'm not saying that that isn't a space we can step into. But what I find really appealing is when people embrace everything, you know, in, in sobriety and recovery. And, you know, I've walked like a really, we've talked about this a lot, but like I've walked like a really hard dance with some, adapting some kind of perfectionism, which just isn't a cloak I can wear. Like I can't wear it with ease and I've tried. And Guess like, what? You're not supposed to. <laughs> Sorry for talking right. over like, Yeah, no, don't. I'm like queen of talking over. By the way, I have ADHD, so I'm just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had three cups of cold root. <laughs> 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 okay, <laughs> this is excellent because now we're like talking about the shame, which is the question that I wanted to come on to next, which is like one thing that came up for me wearing those think pants was like that at any point I have a fear that I'm gonna leak right like I didn't quite trust them do you know what I mean like at any point like I'm gonna make everyone super uncomfortable like by the way I wouldn't be uncomfortable if like we were all just very accepting that we were bleeding on our clothes I don't know why that would probably gross a lot of people out but um I think it would make I'm just worried that it would make other people feel uncomfortable and I was just wondering in what ways when you have your period or you're in your cycle in different ways do you does that minute does the shame manifest for you like leakage stains pretending to be tough you know wanting to fuck at that I know I want to fuck when I'm on my period I don't you know um for me this this is very embarrassing uh but like I get if I ever have kind of a, a leak in the night and then I like bleed on the mattress and have to like change the sheets I feel like a bad dog you know I feel like a kid who's wet the bed and it's like gross and like I'm like I've ruined the sheets and the bed looks like someone was killed here <laughs> like you know all that shit is really like I feel very ashamed even though like yeah. a it's like it's a natural mistake you know and um b it's like I, I think that's all cultural information you know it's uh if it's something that regularly like it happens every month for <laughs> like the duration of our you know fertile adulthood and i'm still feeling shame about that like that's absurd fuck mm. that um so i can kind of like intellectually override that but at the same time like i totally relate to 
like if the reason I'm not wearing think pants is like I'm like oh no way <laughs> like I will they will definitely not work I will bleed and yeah and like I feel like I don't know I always felt shame about if I when I used to wear pads I'd be like this is a gross like dirty diaper I don't like this either like it's just like so many disgusting like connotations you know that it sucks it sucks to kind of carry so much cultural baggage and bullshit around it but you know I think like and it so too around the kind of emotional stuff of like even I apologize to like my therapist about like oh I'm I'm just emotional today because I'm PMSing and maybe that's why I'm so angry and it's like maybe that's just how you feel girl like <laughs> you know and also like why are you apologizing for having feelings but this shit is deep it's really ingrained god when you start like talking about it you just realize like I don't know if you ever had that when you were a kid where you would like go and stay I think I, I've even had it as an adult and like text you and be like, there's blood on this person's bed sheet. What do I do? And you were like, hmm, <laughs> great question. <laughs> you know, but like, and then you have to be like, go to this person's house that you're staying at and be like, I'm sorry. It's, you're, you're like literally like, I'm sorry, I wet the bed, but I didn't actually weed the bed. I just had a regular monthly thing, which I didn't. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, and also I don't think men are kind of like, I, I feel like my partner is amazing and I'm really blessed to be with such like a considerate and compassionate and like open-minded dude mm. but you know I don't think men are educated either right like it's all it's still like part of the reason it's like at this kind of stuck cultural place is that like the way they're educated is that it's gross and like girls have cooties basically right, <laughs> right. yeah and I think it is actually I mean I have to say the same my partner is my partner my husband um is his mother just did such an amazing job at like talking to him about tampons and things and like things girls need and he'll be like he doesn't do that oh you're on your period he's like hey you're on your period you need some paracetamol I mean like how thoughtful and loving mm. and and just sort of cuts me slack and I yeah I think I'm, I feel very fucking fucking lucky because I would equally cut the slack you know like you and I brought each other hot water bottles and just like <laughs> just like hi you may but like hot water bottle immediately you know um and I think it's beautiful when men have that kind of education as well and it can be transferred speaking of which your mum who's fucking badass um sorry to put the f word before that but she is really quite a special she's human. totally fucking badass she's a really <laughs> special human did she like prep you for your period? Did she have any period chats? I think she tried, but I was so like freaked out <laughs> about talking about any of that shit that I was like, I would like shut down before she could even like, she would like come at me. She'd like come near me with a book about bodies and I'd like, <laughs> like cling the walls um, <laughs> and like kind of panic. Um, and so. I think she really she did her best and I was just like not having it <laughs> like as a, when right. I was like developing as a kid I was just like so afraid of my own body and like becoming an adult and like I was so like emotionally I was like an emotionally like stunted horse girl <laughs> and so when it came to like buying bras or talking about periods or like having a sex talk with my mom I was like not available <laughs> whatsoever i was like that's not happening <laughs> to the point that she i think she just gave up poor mom sorry mom oh that's adorable <laughs> i love that 
I can imagine her just being like super encouraging and like trying to really she's have like, a conversation. She's like, here's the book. Being like, when's it time to write I was, I was like, can we not talk about this? And she's like, no, we're talking. I'm like, nope, <laughs> we're not. <laughs> Definitely made her job as like parenting a teenage girl much more difficult. Sorry, mom. <laughs> the period came really quite late. And well, not really quite late, just like not at 11. But like, I was already like, come on, ready. <laughs> like, precocious, right? I would just be like, well, the 13 year old uh, might have been known as that. <laughs> um, I went to the garden and like pulled up a load of beetroot and like just ate the beetroot. And then, because I heard that like if you ate enough beetroot, it like turned your urine pink. And then I started just wearing mum's sanitary towels so I could just be like, yeah, I got my period. What about it? <laughs> You were like, <laughs> my like enti- like ideological opposite when it came to this. It's like <laughs> a child. <laughs> I was like, how? Why is this happening to me? Like... <laughs> what is this curse? I'm like, make it happen to me. <laughs> Give me boobs. Give me all of these things, and I'll be like. <laughs> Can I tell you something really embarrassing? I wore like exclusively sports bras until I was like 15, probably. I was like, nope, I'm not acknowledging that I have boobs. So I will strap them to my body. (laughs) And when my friends would be like, can you like, can we like dress up together? I'd be like, not if I have to wear a real bra. (laughs) I know. You still only wear sports bras though. Said that my sports bras are sexy now. (laughs) Yeah, your sports bras are really nice. Really nice. I do love your sports bras. Okay, um, <laughs> the final question. <laughs> um, Thanks, Rose. Yeah, no, they're really good. When we outdoor voices, you can sponsor us if you want and send us. Things. Yeah, outdoor voices. <laughs> if you'd like to sponsor us and send us lots of sports bras, we will rep them very proudly. <laughs> we will p- present them. Um, I'm wearing only outdoor voices clothing as we speak. You fucking are. Monster. Okay, I need to see oh. a picture of this. How do I do that? Okay. Okay, good. This is an excellent <laughs> picture. You just look like you're hanging from something, though. <laughs> it's my own arm. <laughs> yeah. So complaining about your period clearly isn't a fast-track way to get your career to the top. What measures do you <laughs> think can be taken in your industry to support uterus owners if they need to take time off when they suffer of painful effects of menstruation or premenstruation occur? Oh, I mean, I don't know if that's possible. I can't, like... Imagine I'm not a world at the po- where it's possible. Imagine a world. <laughs> Is it possible? I mean, I was thinking the other day, like, Sorry. if I could possibly arrange my career, like, my gigs around bleeding, that would be amazing. Because mm. a couple months ago, I had a gig where it was going to be a good one, but I was fucking, like, it was a perfect venue, perfect lineup, like, good crowd, whatever, and I just, like, could not connect and was bleeding and felt like a gigantic, like, wumble. <laughs> And was just like felt like someone was stabbing me repeatedly in the uterus. It was just like, wow, I am not feel like this is not my party starting mode, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it would be totally awesome to be able to fucking like arrange a touring schedule around that. But uh, alas, right now, not my situation. And I know a lot of women or a lot of uterus havers um, in my industry like talk kind of openly about it. But at the same time, like, that doesn't necessarily change working conditions. But again, like, we're not EMTs. We're DJs. So, (laughs) so, I mean, it's definitely not kind of, like, the hardest job in the universe. But it can be difficult, I think, as a performer to connect and to, like, feel confident and to feel really, like, uh, open and, like, an energy channel when your whole body is like please don't do this right now please let's go back to bed please just kill yourself <laughs> like, 
you just get really quiet and go in. Just yeah, lie on the floor until you die, <laughs> or until this period's over. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that would be amazing if that could be kind of part of a mental health um, like feature for DJs. But I feel like at this point, women or uterus havers, uh, not basically people who are not cis men <laughs> have worked so hard in the industry to like kind of get equal spots on bills and uh, equal pay and kind of equal recognition for our hard work that at this point where it's not part of the conversation like yeah. now is not the time to be complaining about our biological function alas if I ever get equal bookings I'm in I'm and I'm in a financial place as some of the men in my industry um, or if I guess women as a whole, like it's hard to talk about on kind of a person by person basis, but like once there's like more, it looks like a more gender, gender equal, um, like landscape for electronic music, mm. then it might be possible to do things in the name of self care, like taking a weekend off a month when you know that you will be bleeding, for instance. Yeah. But that like the, the horse has to come before the cart there. Right. Who's the horse? Gender equality. Okay. <laughs> my horse, gender equality. <laughs> Pulling the card of my self-care. <laughs> the French, believe it or not, the French, used to think that period sex would lead to the birth of a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I have a funny story about period sex. Also, <laughs> Seb is just like, the British are coming, the British are coming. <laughs> the British are coming. The British are coming. Oh. Oh, the British, the redcoats. He's oh my gosh! <laughs> the birth of a monster. It me. I, love that. I mean, ironically, it's not untrue. Like the except the monster is me. <laughs> Just dressed in a red hat. Yeah, <laughs> I am my monster. just want to give a few shouts out to Emily Mars for the amazing graphics that she's donated for this project. Um, you can follow her on Instagram. I also want to thank fellow voice actor Sharon Mann for lending me her microphone to record this while we're in confinement, which I'm still figuring out how to use. And also, again, Louisa for this music for the intro and the outro. Um, if you like this podcast, please hit subscribe and tell all your friends about it. And I hope to see you and hear you. And thank you so much for being here and listening and that you'll come back next month.